Hey, Craig. Hey Jeff, we're back. Hello. I think we're on a pretty good to every other week cadence at this point. So yeah. this is what we're doing for now. Yeah, um, we're not. There's just not. I mean, like last last summer, we were like marveling, like, oh man, there's like there's stuff every week. We can totally do this all summer. And then like this year, it's been uh, <laughs> like, I mean, it's probably good that it's been you know sort of low key, but you know. Loki, uh, yeah, that just premiered uh, this week. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. I have not, yeah, I have not watched week, that yeah. yet. Also, yeah, have not watched the Falcon good. and the Winter Soldier. Also, have not watched WandaVision. So, so in yeah. order of, I would say watch WandaVision first. Okay, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is pretty good. It's basically just another Marvel movie, though. And then well, that sounds uh, awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, like Marvel but movies. I mean, I like them too. But it's they they kind of get formulaic, but. And then, sure. uh, uh, so far, Loki through one episode, pretty good. And right. this is uh, podcast versus Marvel. This is I mean, sorry, Marvel podcast talk. versus podcast versus everyone. I'm Craig Powers. With me, as usual, I every time, every damn time <laughs> is Jeff Newser. Always late. Here he is again. Yeah, had to throw that I know. in there. I know. Always. <laughs> Always late tonight. It was, uh, well, I, today was a very, very busy day and I went lots of different places to do lots of different things, culminating with, uh, putting a new, uh, exterior, a new handle on my exterior, my, my door, my front door. Uh, and then when I finally sat down on the couch, I was like, Oh, and then, and, and I was like, I, I don't want to move. I don't want to get up. And Atticus wanted to build Legos and watch Lego masters. And so I, I built Legos and watched Lego masters for about a half an hour. And yeah. So there you go. That's, that's why I was late tonight. We were building a black widow helicopter, by the way. Well, you need to teach Atticus about time management and uh, <laughs> scheduling. So that's probably true. Step up your game, Jeff. Come on. Um, yeah. Well, I, you know, we did it again. We just, uh, we had one topic in mind, but we just asked everyone to give us topics and y'all came through again on Twitter, our, our, our preferred social network medium. Um, so yeah, Jeff, I, I wanted to just get into those again. We kind of handpicked the first one, but we'll give them a shout out for asking it anyway. Um, so, uh, where where was it? Now I can't. Now it's not fine. It's it's in my mentions. You think I would be able to? Uh, you would you would think so. Uh, Devin Lewis would like us to talk Thank about you. at Devin Thank Lewis eighty nine would like us to talk about the uh, the CFP twelve team expansion. And wouldn't you know it? We were going to talk about it anyway. So 
great minds think alike. Um, yeah, and then he he also asked, also relate, will this now lead to paying players or solving the NIL problem for the NCAA that they keep trying to ignore? Um, well, I'll just shortcut to that? that one really quick. This will have nothing to do with that. Yeah, that's that's right. coming anyway. <laughs> yeah, that'll come, that that was that was already on its way. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I don't. This is just more money on the pile that they were yep. already getting. So for the schools. I, for the schools, so I don't yeah. think I don't think this this amount of money wouldn't push them that that the big TV money that they were already getting wasn't going to push them to do anything. So I think what's pushing them to do something is just the movement and and the the general uh, kind of idea that people more people are believing in this and and uh, it's just one of those things that will eventually come um, because the schools are and NCAA are realizing that they are looking like they're on the wrong side of it. And so that's, that's why it'll come. Um, well, and I think the reality yeah. is too, that the, the NIL is going to exist. Well, so see, okay. So in a roundabout way, I think, I think Devin is, uh, Devin is right that it actually is related to NIL because like I, I firmly believe that they are coming around on NIL because they can see like, like the NCAA has this ability to like, like read the tea leaves a little bit. I mean, even though they're obviously slow to change and slow to make, uh, you know, progress with, with policy. By design. Yeah. By design. Exactly. Um, you know, I, I think they can see the writing on the wall that like, eventually they're going to have to pay these guys and mm-hmm. like, like, like pay them as, as in employees pay them. Yep. Um, and so NIL is just another mechanism to help them stave off that eventuality to help them, you know, keep 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 the the eventuality that they will need to actually pay them um, at arm's length for you know again an, an indeterminate amount of time. So, um, so will it now lead to the first half of his question was will it now lead to paying players? I you know maybe someday, uh, but I, again I don't I don't think it's so much the the finances of this as much as it is just the. Uh, uh, you know, people realizing what's what's right and what's wrong, and and realizing that you know the the way that college athletics has been set up forever um, is just wrong, and it, it's 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 not really morally defensible. And so again, the the NIL stuff, I think I think the reason why the NCAA is willing to embrace it is because you know maybe if we give them this, then we won't have to pay them for a while, and uh, and they're probably right. They're probably right about that. I, I don't know how long that is, but but they're probably right that people will get off their back for a time if, uh, you know, if the NIL stuff comes along. So anyway, so there's that part so, of the question. But 12 teams. The college football playoff. Not yeah, eight. 12 teams. Not eight. We just went right up to 12. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Like, yeah, they, they, uh, they're going to vote on it next week. Uh, I mean... It's, I mean, it's it a seems like deal. it would. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's a so, um, they don't. So these things I, don't get out there unless it's a done deal. So, so I think I think like the the big thing is people are like, why do they go twelve, not eight? And I think you can. The SEC is a big reason yeah. why they're at twelve yeah. and not eight. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. um, if you looked at if you're going to give any expansion, means you're going to have auto bids for the major conferences. So that so if you just went it went to eight, then you still have like then the SEC is not 
they're already getting two teams in possibly every year. And so right. this they're they're not getting any more chunk of the pie. Like they're 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 maybe getting another team in those eight. So the SEC wants that opportunity to get three or four teams in. And uh that's what that's what this twelve team uh lineup offers. So six conference champions and six at large bids. So uh the six conference champions would be the five or I'm um, sorry, the uh, the major conferences, and then yeah, that's it. And then and then what? I I can't. It, there's probably I assume a group of five would have to win their conference just to qualify, but um, I guess they could lose one game and I mean, and not. yeah, yes and no. I mean, so the the six auto bids is is literally the six highest ranked conference champs. So if the Power Five is not one of the top six, then they would not get an automatic bid. So the example is this past season, the Pac-12 did not have one of the, uh, they were not among the top six, but that was all, I mean, that was, that was entirely COVID related, right? Because that had everything to do with the fact that they started the season late, which meant they weren't ranked when they started playing or, or at least weren't ranked very highly. Um, they only play, they played fewer games than most of the teams. I mean, it's just, it was sort of the perfect example of, of uh, pole momentum, right? Which is you win, you move up, you lose, you move down, you don't play, you don't move. Right. Well, you know, they, all these teams that, you know, like, you know, one more had basically same winning percentage, but maybe one more games, you know, they, were ranked higher because well of course they've won more games so it's uh in theory in theory one of the power five could be left out but uh in in every regular normal season except for you know last year obviously every regular normal season of the cfp uh it was the top five it was the power five champs plus plus one g5 whichever g5 was the highest ranked so mm-hmm. um yeah. So I, I think this is one of those systems where I think, I mean, it's, it's one of those rare things where I think kind of everybody got what they wanted. Um, yeah. You know, the, the power, the other power fives, you know, wanted some sort of semblance of a, of a guarantee of getting in, particularly the PAC 12, right? Like, like that's obviously the elephant in the room is the PAC 12 is, is the one conference that is woefully underperformed. And that's simply because we don't have a Clemson or an Oklahoma. Right. So like the ACC yep. and the big 12 would be in our exact same spot if, if they didn't have Clemson and Oklahoma. Right. So, okay. So the PAC 12 gets their situation taken care of. And then, you know, the, the group of five, you know, the, the, I think the CFP is aware that they need to maintain some, at least an appearance of, of opportunity. Right. And so they, they kind of had to make sure a G five could get in. So, you know, UCF, you know, whatever, back in the day, they would have had an opportunity to play for the championship out of this model. So, so you know, the G5s are, are pretty happy about that. And then, you know, in theory, you could get in more than one G5 because you've got, you know, the next six highest ranked uh, teams, you know. So, in theory, one of them could get in too. And, you know, and then you mentioned, you know, the SEC, the Big Ten, you know, same deal. Like, they could... Um, under this system, you know, they, they're like, hmm, you know, we could get in three or four teams. And, you know, there you go. I, I know that if the system had been in place, I think they would have averaged uh, just, a, just a hair under three teams a year <laughs> under this model. Yeah. But the Pac-12, to be honest, looking at this model, though, and, and maybe this is, I think, the, the thing that is really attractive about it, the Pac-12 under this model um, would have done probably better 
better than at least certainly better than I realized in terms of just getting teams into the field. I think um, I think it was out of the six normal seasons. Obviously, last year was a whatever, but out of the six normal seasons, there was only one year where they would have only gotten one team in. Every other year, they would have gotten at least two, and there were a couple times they would have gotten three. So, you know, I, they wouldn't have had the highly ranked teams, but I think. Um, you know, it goes to show that maybe the, you know, the PAC 12 would have had an opportunity to, um, you know, to, to prove itself by getting some teams in the field and, and, and they wouldn't be, they might be at a disadvantage seating wise, but you know, at least they'd be in the field. And as we saw from the NCAA tournament this year, you know, I mean, people, sometimes people think your league sucks and then your league really doesn't suck. So. Yeah. And it, it, it so that 2018 season, um, is kind of what Coogs, uh talked about, and, like, yeah. The, and uh, one, so I see some people say that would have been like the Apple Cup loss would have been that much more devastating. It was already pretty devastating because it knocked us out of the uh, chance to go to the Rose Bowl, um, right? But but yeah, and it, and it knocked out any like chance of getting into the CFP. Uh, but yeah, I you know it was already you know that USC game is frustrating because they would have won the won the uh Pac twelve North if if, you know, maybe someone got called for a targeting call that yeah. they most certainly did. Yeah. Um and but but yeah, even in that scenario, twenty eighteen we were still mad about that because yeah, but now you'd be they they would have went from probably a, a top four team um to still in the the CFP, like a, a number eight or something. And you would have had Washington and WSU probably potentially in yeah. there. Um, uh, I I don't know. Like I forget where Washington was. They kind of rose a lot after beating us and then winning the uh, Pac-12 championship. Yeah. So I don't. I, I I'm not I'm not sure exactly if they would have still made it in or, or not. But I guess they still would have won the Pac-12 championship. But they still beat us at the end or whatever. But I don't. Um, but yeah. It, at the same time, maybe maybe. Uh, the committee is looking at these rankings differently. Yes, if it is for a tournament versus just for a bowl, where where you know they they want to put that team in there because they like the matchup in a bowl game. One hundred percent agree with you. But but if but it, but now it kind of changes it where it's not really about matchups. You're just trying to have you know the twelve best teams in there. So. Maybe WSU gets a harder look over Penn State in 2018 if it's that instead of what it, you know, instead of for the Cotton Bowl or whatever it was. Yep. I, I 100% agree with you. Although there is still, there's still a lot of room for, for getting the matchups that you want. I, I'm sure we'll get some magical, uh, you know, see like ranking oh, sure. placement, like, Oh look, you know, Michigan and Notre Dame are playing or whatever. Like, you know, it's, um, I, I'm sure there will still be some of that, but, um, but yeah, at least it's I, I, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I, I think what is kind of in, in terms of the matchups, what, what kind of is most exciting is to finally see, uh, these, um, group of five, teams like uh you know like UCF and and Memphis recently and and you know just like get in and get to play uh 
a, a legitimate yes. like stakes game yes. against someone. So so there's no excuse for you know maybe when when Utah beat Alabama or when Boise State beat Oklahoma or whatever that, that oh they just didn't care that much about that or when UCF beat uh, Auburn like maybe they just didn't care they didn't want to be there. Well, you're not going to have that excuse in a playoff. No one's not going right. to want to be there right. or whatever. So it's going to be it's going to be fun to see uh, you know a group of five team get in there and 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 uh, kind of mess this. It'll have more of that uh, the the vibe of the of March Madness gets sometimes, where you know some school from a smaller conference can beat the big team. So um, yeah, so and, that part I like. Uh, and and yeah. the opening rounds are hosted by the higher seeded team, so Which is very there cool. is. A chance that a G five school could be hosting a playoff game. Yeah, like UCF would have hosted a playoff yep. game in twenty eighteen. Yep. Um, that's the only one I'm seeing. But that is still uh, but, su- the yeah. idea of it is still yeah. super cool. It's just like I think yeah. the I think the thing that I like about this, and um, you know, and PJ had a lot of really good criticisms for it um in 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 the thing that he wrote last weekend but um you know it was you know he was kind of talking about how like you know the extra games and the you know the Mm -hmm. the the exploitation and yes i i am absolutely aware of those things i i guess what my perspective is look we are going to have we're going to have a playoff right and so if we're going to have this system and if if we're going to do it then i think i like this 12 team setup just just from the fact that it's it's about as it's it's more of a meritocracy than college football has probably ever been in its existence right like um i mean mm-hmm. i remember when i you know when i was still working uh in journalism you know 20 years ago now, almost, um, you know, fresh out of college. And that was sort of right about the advent of the BCS, right? The, the, or the bowl coalition or whatever they, and they called the bowl coalition. Right. And you, the goal was to get one versus two. And so, okay. So you get one versus two and, but, uh, you know, where I was working at the time, I was working at cbssports.com and, and the guy I was working with was, um, a guy named Don Borst who used to work at the News Tribune and and worked at CBS Sports. Now he's a middle school math teacher or, or something. We all we all became teachers after we lost our jobs. But um, <laughs> but uh, his his sort of thing. Now he he was our manager. He ran the place. But but his thing that he you know he did was um, he was a college football writer before he did that, and he still loved doing the bowl matchups. And so he would sit there and he would work the phones all day long from about, I don't know, man, it was about mid October when he started working the phones, like talking to bowl representatives and talking to conference people and talking to ADs. And I'd hear these conversations. He's like talking to everybody, trying to figure out who's going to which bowl, because that was back when it was still like all backroom stuff right and people would just get you know people Mm -hmm. would end up in in this bowl or that bowl and people would get screwed out of things i mean this is before they'd be like okay after the the first place team you know goes the rose bowl but then after that it's like right so whoever you want yeah Yeah. like you know and before they put in those whole you know second choice third choice fourth choice things um so anyway it's just you know college football has a long history of, of super shady shit you know 
And and this is, I mean, obviously, still we we've already pointed out it has the potential um, to be shady, but at the very least, um, y- you know, it it has it, it's at least somewhat tied to merit, and and I think that aspect is cool. Flaws aside, the fact that you know a team could potentially play seventeen games, which <laughs> I think I think we all agree is is less than ideal. And I think, yeah, like, um, my, my solution is we should just, we need to just do away with conference championship games. Like, like that's, that's yes. the thing that should go away. Uh, but of course that's never going to happen because they make money. The conferences right? aren't giving those. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, in my mind, like, okay, the, I, I think the playoff is good. Let's get, if we're, if we're worried about playing too many games, let's get rid of the stupid championship games. But, um, which, which really in, in a lot of ways don't serve a purpose now right with the way that it's that it's set up so anyway it's you know it has its flaws for sure the season is getting uh very very long um we've gone from 11 games to potentially 17 games or sorry 12 games to potentially 17 games over the course of like you know 20 years and that's that's pretty wild uh that's pretty wild to think about but i think all in all it's you know it's 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 a good setup if we're just talking about the fairness of competition and you know, I, I, I think that's pretty much all I can evaluate it on is, is the fairness of the competition. You know, the, re- the rest of it is, you know, to me, sort of a separate issue that, you know, we continue to to rail against with our little our little podcast. Yeah, it, you know, you know, it's funny is thinking about those conference championship games. And if like you have, say, you have like number 25 versus number 12 in your conference championship yeah. game. And, and you, you really need number 12 yep. to win. Like maybe there's two group of five teams sitting there at like sitting at like 10 and yep, 14. Absolutely. And you really need number 12 to win to get any team in there. And obviously the conference you're thinking of here is the pack 12, yep. you, because like none of the other conferences, like you can, I, I don't see Oklahoma being that far down. I don't see Clemson being that far down. Like, you know, these but things aren't it's, permanent, yeah, it's, but if, if, if it's ever felt like we have like five or, you know, maybe like five teams that don't seem like they're not going anywhere. It's like it, that never going to be outside the top 10. It's like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, Oklahoma, and, uh, um, well, you, you probably throw Notre Dame in there too. And, and, um, uh, who am I? Yeah. Alabama, of course. No, did I already say Alabama? LSU. No, not even LSU anymore. So yeah, probably Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Notre Dame. Probably your five teams where they're probably always going to be in the top 10. Um, but Notre Dame's obviously not a conference. That, that's really interesting thing. What does Notre Dame think of this? Cause they are always going to need an at-large bid. But now there's six, but that also means they have to finish in the top 12. Um, we've seen Notre Dame get ranked too high often uh, to get them into like some like big orange bowl or something. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Notre Dame is treated in this in this realm. Yeah, the, it was funny. Notre Dame's AD was on the on the committee that came up with this. And so he was basically he sort of t- jokingly was like, "Hey, I don't want to hear any more about <laughs> favoritism for Notre Dame," because uh, he was part of the group. Well, yeah, yeah like he buys. was part of the group that decided, "Hey, yeah. they, they can't get a buy, right?" So, um, so yeah, that that part is good. You know, it's just I, I think if the Pac-12 is smart, 
I, I do love that. Notre yeah, Dame yeah, kick yeah. Like, it's, it's you know, but <laughs> hey, like... join it. Join a conference if you want. To, if you want to do that, but uh, I think if the Pac-12 is smart, they'll do away with divisions. Um, it, you know, because you do not, you know, to to sort of like riff off your point, you do not want to yeah. have, you know, a, a team that's ranked tenth, you know, pl- from the north playing a an unranked team from the south and then potentially losing like that'll that could screw you right out of the whole thing and you just you you want to try and avoid that like, so yeah you do the if, you, if you're going to keep the conference championship you do it like the big 12 does but even then it's it's probably dumb right like okay so let's say you got a team rank seven and a team rank nine right oh and you're gonna have them play each other yeah, you're probably knocking. You're probably one of knocking your teams a team out, out, right? So why are you going to do that? <laughs> you know, that doesn't make any sense. So anyway, I yeah, I, I, th- I think if they're if there's, we just need to have John Wilner do yeah, all the yeah. scheduling. <laughs> the case for favoritism. How to set up? He he has the case for favor. He knows what teams are going to be good That's going right. into the season. So we got to make sure those. So teams we just got to let him. Make sure those teams yeah. get it. You know that you're. You're playing the worst team. Like it'll just be like you're playing Arizona yeah. eight times. We're just gonna get yeah. you right on through. Yeah, make sure USC yeah. gets in that way. You know, make sure they make sure they're not playing any back to back road games ever. Oh, by the way, I saw a tweet from him. He screenshotted UCLA's two four seven page and said, "It's early. There's still six months to go, or whatever." But there's but USC is recruiting as it, but the USC is recruiting as it should. And I'm like, I mean, the language there is funny for him and it's expected from him. I would say you, you see USC recruiting as you'd expect them to, but I'm pretty sure like USC is recruiting as it should. Like they had like two five stars, like how, like USC hasn't been pulling multiple five stars lately. Like on, the only teams, Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State are the only programs yeah. been doing that. Yeah. So it, maybe Oregon sometimes, yeah. but, uh, um, but yeah, so it's just funny the way he, he, he is very kind of old school. He sees the, like the hierarchy of the conference and, and who should be treated well. And just, there should be no, like, whatever yeah. we could go on John forever. But anyways, um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I, I think I'll probably enjoy this come the twelve team tournament time. Um, I'll really enjoy it if WSU gets it. Well, this in. is I mean, this like, makes it at least possible, right? I mean, we were never, never, never yeah, gonna get WSU, into that four team field. Like, well, yeah, we saw twenty eighteen, like twenty eighteen was our best chance, and they were sitting at ten and one with their only loss being on the road by three points. And they still were only number eight, and they weren't budging. Yeah, they, they stayed at number eight for multiple weeks Arizona. in a row, despite slaughtering Arizona. Arizona. By, yeah, you know, fifty points or whatever. Yeah, it, and they were like, you know, Washington State beat Arizona by fifty. Did, that didn't move the needle for you, and they were like, nah, not really. <laughs> it's like <laughs> now, again, I think there's a chance that uh, you know if. They are focusing on more teams being part of the field that they take. I just think it was clear that they never, ever, ever, ever took us seriously, right? Like that, that there was right. never, that there was never a thought that okay, this team is in the same league with those teams, 
Right. And, and I, I think it's fairly well proven at this point that, um, that the the confirmation bias is really strong <laughs> with those people mm-hmm. and that uh you know if they think a team was good heading into the season then they are seeing all sorts of reasons why that team is actually good and if they thought a team was not good heading into the season then they are seeing all kinds of reasons why that team is actually not good and and it just sort of plays out that way i mean it's you know, you look year after year after year and we know that, look, we know that AP preseason polls are pretty good predictors of how good a team is going to be. And that's fine. I mean, I get that. But if you're trying to evaluate teams on their merit, uh, you know, you want to take a look at the evidence that you have. And, and it was just pretty clear that they were locked in on five or six teams and not really seriously considering anybody else. And, you know, that at least with this, you know, they'll, they'll be forced, they'll be forced to do that. I I think another side benefit is that, um, you know, what we've seen is a real concentration of talent with, with four or five programs, um, particularly the top three, right. With Alabama, Clemson and Ohio state sort of, you know, doing it over and over Mm -hmm. and over again. Um, and I think this has a real chance to, to spread that out a little bit because it, you know, it, it took a few years. If you go back and look at, um, you know, the CFP and it's early, you know, like first three years or so, um, it looked about what you'd expect it to look like different teams in and out each year. Um, and then it just sort of morphed into this, like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, Oklahoma thing, just over and over and over and over and over. And, um, you know, with maybe Notre Dame sprinkled in or, or LSU one year, you know, it's like, uh, you know, so it, it's just pretty clear that the players are going to the only places they think they can, you know, play on that stage. And so hopefully this will, will do that. And I think it'll probably take a couple of years before it really kicks in. Just like it took a couple of years before this current thing that we're in um, took over. But I think there's a good chance that talent maybe disperses a little bit. And because it's such a zero sum game, all it takes is, you know, a handful of players not going to Clemson, Ohio state, Alabama, and going instead to, you know, I don't know, USC or Texas or whatever, um, God forbid, Washington to, uh, to see, because it makes those schools a bit better, but it also at the same time makes those other schools a little worse. Right. So it's not like it's not like you're trying to close the gap just by yourself getting better. But if you pick up some of those players, that means Alabama doesn't have those players. Ohio State doesn't have those players. And they're they are, you know, theoretically not as good because the biggest thing with those schools is they're just so fucking deep. Like they just, you know, they have an injury. Oh, you know, let's bring on, you know, another five star quarterback. Let's bring on another five star defensive lineman like. You know, it's 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 insane, their depth. And so if you take some of that away, you know, maybe it levels the playing field a little bit. Yeah, I think there's I have a couple more thoughts on this one. I uh, I'm, I'm surprised I, I, I'm i kind of scrolling through TJ's or yeah. PJ's article and, I'm, and I and I kind of forget if he um, one thing I know he's always uh, he's mentioned is how like some of the semifinal games were pretty lopsided. Um pretty frequently although the one i went to was amazing uh the yeah. clemson ohio state one uh that i went yes. to in person um but uh uh but yeah there have been some ones but i think i don't know sometimes that's just i don't know if that's more of a product like if maybe that fourth team barely gets in they get slaughtered by the number one team yeah uh but i i don't know like i i you probably won't see that disparity between like eight and twelve 
and uh, you know, or seven and twelve and and eight and eleven and stuff. I, I don't, I don't think we'll probably get some good games so. in that. I I really I I think and then I I really like that they're I I think it'd be cool you know just on campus until the championship would be cool but but we have to worry about all these oh, traditional yeah. bowl games who are obviously get the and the one that is glaring oh, is yeah. the Rose Bowl the most the one that hangs on to its tradition more than any other and now they. They're still going to be like a semifinal sometimes, sometimes a quarterfinal. I, I guess. guess. Like it, that's that's how this yeah, is going to work. But the the Pac twelve Big Ten thing is out. Like that's done. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that, that is, is toast. toast. Yeah, that there is that there there may be some year that it just happens and that will be the only thing yeah. people talk about well i imagine they'll probably work something out <laughs> where the higher seeded team goes to some you know so like if the pac 12 team is the higher seeded team in in a quarterfinal matchup and and the rose bowl is one of the quarterfinals then the pac 12 team probably will play in the rose bowl right i mean it'll probably be something like that i imagine yeah. is how they'll work yeah. that out but um yeah, it's going to be, you know, it's look, tradition is is going to go go the way of of the buffalo, but it's like look, we've been on this path for 30 years. Like that's and that's kind of the you know, as much as it sucks and we all go, yeah, you know, and like you know, we were fortunate enough as a school to go to a couple of Rose Bowls, you know, fairly recently. Um and they were great. Like I went to the one in 97 or 98, New Year's Day, 1998, you know, and it was, it was special and it was electric and there's no, there's no way to replicate that. But, you know, I mean, once, once we decided that, you know, we were going to try and figure out who the best team was, I mean, it, it was pretty inevitable that, that it was going to, you know, eventually go by the wayside. And the fact that it, you know, it took 30 years for it to happen, I think is you know, probably more of a, more, more of a testament to their power than anything else. Cause, um, any, any, any legitimate effort to, to crown a legitimate champion would have done away with, you know, the, the bowl system, you know, probably 20, 25 years ago, but. Yeah. It's kind of funny how the it, championship or, or nothing else matters has bled its way into like American sports and like everything like, you know, you watch the WNBA and like a player is worthless if they're not on a championship team. And, and like, uh, you know, just te- like nothing can be enjoyed unless your team right. is the champion right. or whatever. And and college football has kind of moved more and more that way. And that's why we get, you know, we have to have a champion, you know, um, like we, you know, we as like in basketball, we as like Gonzaga haters were like, oh, thank God they didn't win the championship. But we would definitely kill for wsu to do that well in the ncaa tournament like like we're haha losers but like gonzaga fans are like heartbroken because they've been there already they've already lost the national championship before um but like we would just like be like that's the greatest season we ever had um but but now it's like so championship focused like it's not as bad in college basketball i'll say because it's just that's such a crapshoot of a tournament so it's just it's 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 hard to just focus so much on that like but but yeah football you know and it it just seems like we're seahawks fans and i i just it's so hard to enjoy an 11 and 5 season anymore like which i would have killed for in like the 90s with this with the seahawks but like it's just 
like because it's so much it's all about super bowls it's the team who wins the super bowl and all that all the time now um it's the quarterback you're no good if you're winning the super bowl the player is like no good and and i i said mentioning nba or that's where it's the worst like because we see players just form teams around the league like it was wild I, i was watching brooklyn and milwaukee tonight and milwaukee's kind of a classic team that i remember like you know team with like a player they developed and and a couple player you know Middleton and, and Giannis I don't even know how to say his last name. Giannis like did they develop you know they they drafted and developed those players those are the best players on their team they've added a couple of guys here and there but like those are their stars and then you have the Nets who who literally just bought a team like they they have Durant and they have Harden and they have Kyrie who is hurt but but uh you know so it's a it's a like players just go places because winning that title is the only thing that matters and we like even like a player as great as lebron gets kind of underappreciated because he's lost so many finals like you don't even look at how many like times he's went to the finals like how deep like how how much of a grind the nba playoffs are and how long how many times he's went through that like but like we just focus so much on titles and so yeah, like it, we we saw. I remember in the '90s watching college football, and like more and more, there people get so mad that we we don't have the right team. We don't have the right team. It's like, well, we the, everyone only plays eleven games, and they play like every, like every other like none of them play each other. So like, how the hell are we supposed to figure that out? Yep. You know, like even when we look at systems like, um, like Bill Connolly's system, like even his stuff is like. It's it it's okay at predicting, but there's so it's such like there's not nearly as much data as there is in other sports because there's not very many right. games, and so it's it's harder to just look at that system and be like, oh well, they're better, so they deserve it. Um, so yeah, it's and then in college football now, you know, obviously we've decided who is the better team. So like UCF can go, you know, like twenty three games in a row or whatever, and we're still like, nah. You're you're not you're not allowed. At least they're going to be allowed now. But I'm just kind of ranting. I, I th- at this but point. I think but that's I think you capture kind of the issue with the previous system, is that the focus was so much on playoff or nothing, and and that's some of that is American culture, like you said. But some of that is just ESPN, like what you are what you are told matters is what matters. Right. And like in that, that seeps yeah. into everything. I mean, look, you and I are fans of uh, like the NWSL and the WNBA. And it's like there's an appetite for women's sports like there's an appetite for it. But but, you know, different media outlets, you know, mostly ESPN because they are the, the gorilla. Right. Like you've just decided, yeah, it's not that important. Right. Like, like there, like we, we believe what's important is what we are told is what's important. I mean, and you see this all in so many different ways. I mean, look, I mean, <laughs> the, the whole, you know, fear over critical race theory right now and people going to school boards and saying, you got to teach critical race theory. And it's like, well, you don't know what that is. And also, uh, do you have any examples of us doing that? And they're like, well, that's not the point. Like, like it's this manufactured thing because there are certain news outlets that are just saying this is happening and saying it's important. It's not just that thing. I mean, it's, it happens all over the place. Right. And I mean, it's just an extension of, uh, sort of the gatekeeper notion. Right. I mean, we were taught about that when I was in journalism school, like you are the gatekeepers. Right. And so, 
you know, because ESPN has decided so much to emphasize the playoff and, and for good reason for them, right? I mean, this is their, they're paying, you know, however many billions of dollars for that property, right? They want as high of uh, ratings as humanly possible for those games. So of course they're going to promote the shit out of them, right? So, but the, the, the unintended consequence of that is that it creates this ethos where they are the, those, those three games are the only games that actually matter. And then the games, the only games, regular season games that matter are the ones that have an impact on those four teams. And, you know, people say it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, well this just further diminishes the regular season. I I say bullshit. This is going to make it better. Right. Cause now more, more teams are involved, you know, more, um, and some people look and go, well, that that devalues the regular season because now, you know, like you don't have to be undefeated anymore to get in or whatever. It's like, well, yeah, but, you know, now you have more teams whose regular seasons matter. And to me, that means the regular season matters more. Right. So I, I think this could have sort of the opposite effect that that some people are thinking. And then I think also, um, you know, you mentioned like, you know, we just have this way of not um, enjoying things just to enjoy them. Right. Well, again, you know, this has the potential to to maybe be a little bit like March Madness, where, you know, if if you get in and you win a couple of games, all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, like, you know, we may not win a championship, but. You know, holy crap. I mean, look, we look our fondest memory is a team that made it to the fucking sweet 16 in in college basketball. Right. We're like, oh, my God. Remember that team? Sweet 16. That was amazing. And we're like, you know, I mean, (laughs) you know, I mean, there like there are dozens of other schools around the country that laugh at the notion that your favorite team made it to the sweet 16. Right. Like, you know, but it's 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 that it's that, hey, you know, you know, we knew we probably going to we're going to win a national championship. But like. You know, the accomplishment of, you know, winning a couple games, including, you know, running over Notre Dame, like, you know, that we remember those things fondly. And and I think the 2018 same kind of deal, like, you know, let's say we had made it in, right, figured out a way to make it in. And let's say we, we make it in and then we lose in the first round, you know, but we're still like. Yeah, but remember, remember that? Remember we made it to the playoff, right? Like, I, I just have a feeling that, um, you know, it, it's a way to maybe validate uh, the thing and, and, and have more teams be relevant, have their seasons matter, um, and, and may, maybe be able to bring a little more joy without, you know, necessarily, um, you know, winning, winning at all. Right. You know, and maybe the same four teams end up playing in the semis in the final every year. I mean, maybe that's, maybe that continues to happen. Um, but I'd be willing to bet that, you know, we'll, we'll see some more, we'll see more rotation, with those four teams than, than we currently do just because, you know, upsets are going to happen. Things are going to happen. Um, and I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really fun to watch. Um, I agree with you that, you know, it'd be great to have the, um, have home sites up until the semis, but you know, the, the bulls, the bulls will never go for that. I mean, you're, if, if the Rose bowl, you know, I mean, basically you'd be left with what, what's the Rose bowl going to get like, you know, pack 12, three and, big 10 four or something right <laughs> like i think that's i think that's where we where we'd be left so i i don't see that happening but um you know like i said I, I think i think this i think this pushes a lot of the right buttons and um and i i think it's ultimately you know if competition is what matters um once you went to the playoff once you went to a playoff it, it was inevitable that it would get to this and um you know yeah we've seen we've seen playoff creep in in uh 
in, in a lot of sports, you know, MLB, obviously. And, and I, I was getting, you, you talked about, you know, your point of it makes it the regular season mean more to more teams. We've seen that in our lifetimes for major league baseball, where it used to be yeah. only the division yeah. winners in two divisions went to the went, went in two divisions, in two divisions. And then it was, and then it was the only division winners in four divisions. And then it was, and then they added the wild card. And now they have multiple wild cards. And and now and now it's like the Mariners are like only five games out of the playoffs. It like at, at some point this season, you know. So it's like uh, all of a sudden, like it matters for more teams. I uh, one it, in in the Mariners situation, I, I think it encourages them to go on their path of mediocrity because you can always feel like you're in it, but. But but in college football, that's that's not really a thing. Like like it, the, the, that's that's not good. No, no one decides to be like you know keep keep their payroll at a certain level or anything. But uh, um, so yeah, I, I I think it will be you know because if if like the Cougs are you know in October ranked twenty first or something, you can think, hey, can we play our yeah, way into win a that few top more games? 12? Like, can we do that? There? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it, you know, um, I I hope we're our programs out of place uh, to do that uh, at <laughs> yeah, some point in the nice. near future. Um, I, I think the great sadness is when they had the Pac-12 championship game uh, was on the campus sites and WSU was so bad. There yeah. was just no chance that ever was going to happen. And that always makes yep. me sad. I'm like, uh, but, but man, a Pullman... Uh, a Pullman home game on like December twelfth would be yes, amazing. Would. <laughs> Just it, like like make like like UCF has to come to Pullman on December twelfth. There's gonna be some epically and bad guaranteed games, snow man, in that playoff. There's gonna be oh, some yeah. serious serious bad weather. Well, we see it in the yeah. FCS playoffs yeah. all the time, like. Montana, just snow dumping yep. all the time. Um, yep. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. It would be cool. Wow, we spent a lot of time on that. But I think uh, it. we'll see, man. We'll just get yeah. used to it after a few yeah, years, sure. honestly. Like, <laughs> um, We'll just accept it as we've always accepted all the things despite our um, cognitive dissonance exactly. and whatever. Um, so... Let's let's take a quick break and then we will hit, we will hit all of these questions uh, that you guys rapid sent fire to us. back rapid, rapid fire, fire. Yeah, sure okay um yeah sure no we're, uh, we're gonna we're gonna rapid fire what do you what, we're gonna do it okay we're gonna, sure we're gonna do yeah. it we're known for such things <laughs> we're known for such things um so what do you let's rapid fire what are you i drinking? am having uh <laughs> i had a i had a head full of dynamite in the back of my fridge that's a couple months old at this point uh so i'm having that very good I don't know which one this is, 20, 
four, I don't know, 27, something like that. I don't know. It was, it was canned in uh mid April. So it's a couple months old. It's, it's not, it definitely tastes a couple months old. Um, cause the, you know, the hops are intended to be pretty intense on these things and, uh, definitely not what it was, uh, even a month ago, but still good. Still good. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on my second beer. <laughs> um, I, I went to, you know, my, went and visited family and in, in my, my hometown, my home area, the Yakima Valley, uh, last weekend. And I pr- brought up, brought back a couple beers, um, a beer called neon icon from valley Ooh. brewing um, i've talked about them before uh their slow motion potion um i'll put that up with a uh, a lot of hazies around the state but this particular one uh when we went my dad and i kind of we went to a couple of beer bars and then we went to uh, a valley uh to end the night and you know i was driving so i was just having like light stuff but uh, my dad had this beer and he said it was the best hazy he's ever had. And uh, and so we, we asked him and they had two cans in the back. So we each took a can. And uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty good. Um, honestly, I got, I'm getting over a cold. I still got sinus pressure. I, I don't think I'm at the peak um, beer tasting, but it was it was pretty, it was good. Um, I, I don't think my, my dad was far off. It was very good hazy um he he drinks a lot of bad ones too but um uh but yeah so it was he, he's got it's funny my dad like hated ipas wouldn't drink them like a lot of people but he loves the hazies and i've seen that happen with a lot of people like they didn't like ipas but they love hazy ipas um which kind of like you know it's why they warrant like a different style yep. altogether because they really are yeah. um uh, they're the same level of hopping, but the hops are used in a much different way and the body is different, whatever. Um, and then the next one I have is actually pretty interesting. It's from Varietal, another valley from in Sunnyside, another valley brewery. Yes. It's called Cone of Cold Wet Hop IPA. So what the hell, a wet hop IPA this time of year? Um, it was used with frozen wet hops. So they... They picked fresh hops and then immediately like flash froze them. And then they, they brewed this on May 18th, Ooh. 2021. Uh, so that is usually you brew your wet hop beers in late August, September. So that is, uh, that's well after that. And not even during, that's not even during the, I guess it might be during the, the, um, new, uh, like New Zealand season, but I don't think so. Um, so Citra, it's a uh, Citra and Simcoe, pretty tasty. It's a hazy one, um, and uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, I, I have a couple more. Hopefully, I'll get to drink one when my uh, nose isn't all annoying and, and kind of stuffed up, and I can get the full experience. But overall, um, it's a lot nicer going back to drinking beer when I go back to Yakima uh, these days because there's a lot more good breweries and good places to drink beer. And hey, we drank beer at places which was also yes. pretty fun um which my, my dad and i hadn't done in a while so that was yeah. pretty cool so yeah um let's 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 get back to these okay. questions uh we, we have do. a lot of them um you want me to start so I, I, yeah you okay. start and then i'll and then I'll go all right the next so one. uh this one's not really a question but more of a of a statement this is from uh, at Rick D. Flores. 
banned in the crim zone exclamation point five five exclamation points so the apparently the the band has been moved to the end zone somewhere jeff o'neill rejoices yes and (laughs) he of of hashtag i mean we yes uh a victory for jeff uh (laughs) Because, well, and in his fair, like, I never really noticed because I sit on the other side of the stadium. Right, but so you can hear If him. you sat on the student side of the yeah. stadium, you could not hear the band because they are playing away from you, um, which would be frustrating and severely diminish yeah. the experience of going to a college Absolutely. football game. Um, so, yeah, totally understand. Um, very good decision, yep. WSU. Absolutely um, You weren't making any money on those seats anyway. Um, yeah, the, I don't think they had that, that crimson didn't have like the home crowd impact. Also like the student, like the band of students too, they get rowdy. Yes. You can have them like, it's fine. Like you still have students Absolutely. down there. Absolutely. So that'll be cool. Um, everyone be able, will be able to hear the fight song again. Um, so that will be great. And might be and able Jaws to clap and, and sing actually um, on beat. Like that mm-hmm. part will be cool. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Good job. Good decision. Move the band. Yay. They also. What, now we got to get. Now we got to find Jeff O'Neill and new <laughs> topics. Something else to get excited about. They do seem to have shrunk the student section just a tiny bit, too. Uh, yeah. That might have been. I don't Those like, things I may don't have know. gone like, hand in hand, but. Yeah. Well, they, they, uh, they took away uh, some, like, they, they made uh, the bottom of the section. Because there was before, there was like part of the student section would be up against the rail, but, a, but the next section above them right, would be season right. tickets. It was kind of a weird like little. So overlap. now they've just taken they they've taken that part away and moved the season tickets down, which kind of makes yes. more sense. But I uh, I, I listen. It was, it was weird that I, they were I'm doing. an ardent defender of the student section, just like anybody I I think who who attended games in that student section, but. I think we also could agree that the student section could shrink a little bit and that, that would be okay. Um, given, given the, yes. you know, just the, the empty corners that are off in there. Um, and you know, to, to be honest, I mean, it, it would not be the worst thing in the world if, if those tickets were at least not really tickets because they're, you know, you buy the pass, but it, it's like, if it was maybe just a little harder to get into the game, you know, maybe just a little harder to find a seat, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, I think that would be okay. I mean, not, not to the extent of, you know, what, what other schools do. Um, but you know, cause, cause I mean, a huge part of our advantage is, you know, big, loud, rudy, rowdy student section, but I, you know, I, I think that it's okay if, uh, if maybe it's, it's a little harder to, to get into the game and it's maybe not quite, you know, roll in halfway through the first quarter and find a decent seat. So I, I think I'd be, I think I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. And I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't complain if it was even a little bit smaller. So, yeah. Next question. Um, so that that's that that's our rapid fire move the yes. band. We decided to talk about the sugar suit section. Whatever. Um, so next question. Uh, I'm just looking at my mentions. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to stick it with football because we've already talked to football. So we'll just keep that going. Um, if you were to attend, and I we we saw this from uh, Brad Bradley Logan, Brad the Coog. And uh, Rochelle Rosnitz at Shell Roz, uh, both asking what would be the one 
WSU football away game this fall, which would it be and why? One, I want to say, Brad and Rochelle, why didn't you invite me? I, I was not invited <laughs> to this. Um, so I'm my my yeah. heart is broken. Um, you're very clearly planning something. You're asking for my recommendation, but you did not invite me to it. Whatever. Um, feeling left out. You know, I'll, I'll yeah. get over it. I, I'm feeling a little bit left out, you know. Uh, but yeah, looking at looking at it, it's it's not the best no. of years. That was the first for, thing I thought when I looked uh, at away it. choices. Yep. So we have we don't have many. Only uh, five. We have Salt Lake City, Salt Lake City, Berkeley, Tempe, Eugene, and Seattle. Seattle. Nope, not going. Not <laughs> yeah. going to the Apple, Apple Cups, Cups off that. the list. So now we're down to four choices. Um, I haven't been to um, a Tempe game, but I've heard that is a blast. I've heard that Mill Mill Ave, Mill Street, whatever it's called, is super fun. Um, so, and you're gonna have good weather at the end of October. It'll be Halloween. Uh, that could be. I'm I'm thinking I'm pretty leaning pretty hard on uh, Tempe on Halloween's Eve. Yeah, as my my choice. I think. Is you don't want to go. You don't want to go watch a game at Cal. Like that's okay. Hold on, because that was maybe going to be my choice. I mean, are you talking about the road trip? Or are you talking about like? Oh, the, the game. I mean, is the game is just whatever. Just you know, it's gonna. You know, that game is gonna be full of bullshit. But, but Cal is a fun trip. Like that. Like Berkeley's great. Um, Cal fans are awesome. Like they are the. They are legitimately like. Uh, it's a pretty easy. Well, it's a pretty yes. easy trip too. There's a lot of airports. Bart, you can ride the Bart, you know, to to get out to Berkeley. Yeah. Um, and then just you know, Berkeley's very you know walkable city. You know, you walk up to the stadium. Um, you know, it's the stadium sort of you know nestled in the hillside. Um, you know, right in the middle of you know, it's kind of walking up through campus. Um, and like I said, you know, Cal fans. I mean, part of this is just that I've I've developed. I mean, not really relationships. Probably too strong a word, but like uh acquaintances like like long long range friendships kind of with some cal fans um they just they're just like cool people um for whatever reason like i've just sort of like connected with some with some cal fans uh nick krantz uh a bunch of guys the guys who used to do california golden blogs who now do write for cal um you know like nick krantz is one of those guys uh matthew talbot you know twist and hook um he's one of those guys uh you know avi like like they're just they, they're just a bunch of dudes and and they're great and so um i've always enjoyed my interactions with them and, and i think it would be super fun to go to cal and meet up with some of those guys and and just and sort of enjoy Berkeley and then watch my team lose in some spectacularly bullshit kind of way. Um, it'd be fun for everybody involved. So that'd be my choice. You got rare barrel if you if you like um, the enamel of your teeth being uh, sh- shaved clean off rare barrel makes uh, some great sours. Uh, field work brewing it in Berkeley nice. as well, so you could hit those up. Um, yeah. Uh, I, uh, otherwise, like yeah, I, Salt Lake City. I mean, I like going to like Utah is a beautiful yeah. place, um, but eh. you're not going to be like going to national parks before you go I don't to a think football so. game. So um, yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Um, Eugene, you can go to Eugene. Anytime. <laughs> we can just drive to Eugene on a weekend um, if we want to. 
Yeah, and I, I and I yeah. don't really I don't want, like and Eugene, Eugene. By the way, Eugene's perfectly nice. Like it's like it's it's a lovely yeah. place. Well, well, the thing Eugene is weird because you are going to drive there, but it's also a super yes. long drive, and then you have Pullman, and it's November thirteenth. Yes. Like no. it's it's, it's going to be rainy be and cold. Super fun drive. It's going to be rainy and cold. I will say the one, the one downside to the Berkeley game, is that. Like I, I guess well I guess you gotta you get a week off from traveling because if if you're going to every home game let's say you got three straight Pullman games which yes. is rough um, at least it's not five yes. straight like the one year um, and then then they have a road game Utah California and then you have three homecoming more home right games. after against <laughs> Oregon State three more home games so if you go to Cal you're doing a trip that weekend then you have three more trips to Pullman again. And I know that Brad for sure is going to be going to all those Pullman ones. So, but I also know that you probably, you, you Brad or Rochelle, you probably don't care if you've committed all your weekends to Cougar football in the fall. So um, you're probably coming away. All right there. Personally, like I'm, so I have to, I'm missing the October 9th game because uh, Amanda's brother is getting married that day. Um, so I, I have to miss that. My daughter is the flower girl. Um, I get to stay in a tree house. Aww. So whatever, that'll be fun. Um, uh, like in Fall City, the tree houses, whatever. Uh, but but so that'll be a cool experience. But I will miss the Oregon State game, which is kind of a bummer. Because uh, it seems like we always play Oregon State pretty well. Seems like homecoming. it. But, um, uh, and then, uh, yeah, so... Uh, I, yeah, you're right at Berkeley, but I think, I think I'm going Tempe. Well, Tempe's just on the other side of that, though. Like it's you're just, like you're you're going. Yeah, are you going to have Pullman, anything Pullman, left Tempe, in the tank Berkeley, at that point? That's 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 a fair point. <laughs> I think I just think I think Berkeley on an early October weekend is going to be hard to beat. It's going to be but, gorgeous. It's going to be about eighty and come sunny. On. The the college with ninety thousand students on campus yeah. on Halloween. I'm too old for that shit, man. That could be a sight too, to behold. That just just sitting, just sitting, like just looking around. I'll be in bed before that at, even at, starts. <laughs> why would you go on a football trip and then go to bed? What kind of vacation do old, you go man. on, new sir? I'm Come old. On. I can't. I I need I need my rest, dude. I need my sleep. Well, then just stay home. <laughs> well, see, that's that's what I did. Yeah. No. Okay. I th- I think either one of those is, I think either one of those is a good answer. Uh, let's see. Okay. So you got you got two options of yeah. the five. We gave we narrowed yeah, it down. Yeah. The other two three suck. I mean, let's just be real. Um, um, okay. So here's another one. Let's switch to basketball. Uh, Ollie McClellan at Ollie McClellan, our favorite uh, Canadian, says. Should we fight Lunardi for making us last team out and putting Syracuse in? Furthermore, brass knuckles or bare knuckles? So, of course it's Syracuse. It has to, like, it, Syracuse, if they're on the bubble they're in, Okay, anytime, and by, by the way, we, we the should time. tell people so that Joe Lunardi did an updated preseason bracket today, and Washington State is the first team out of his field. And Syracuse is the last team in. So, continue your rant against Syracuse. 
So yeah, Syracuse always gets in when no one thinks they're going to get in. They get in. And and with the way they play it you just don't know like they could be so damn annoying. They're the hardest team. They're without a doubt to me the hardest team to pick when you're doing your brackets and stuff because they very well could just get rain threes on in their first game, lose by 30, and they're done. And everyone's like, why did why was Syracuse even in? But what they also do sometimes is they upset like three teams because apparently those teams have never seen a zone defense before and they just don't know what to do. And Syracuse walks the ball up the court and then just plays a zone on the other end. And then they have the same... I, I I don't know if they have a cloning factory for these like white shooting guards that always like get hot in March and make like 10 threes a game. I don't know. Like they're just like they, they breed them in in like the bowels of the arena. I, I, I don't know. But but like Syracuse is just so goddamn yep. annoying. And, and 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 of course it would be Syracuse that you it like I think like if I'm Lenardi and I'm looking WSU or Syracuse. I'm thinking what the 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 um what 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 the what the the turn the committee would always do. They would they would pick Syracuse over over WSU if if he's down two. Now that would be heartbreaking if we were the first team out that number one seed in the in the NIT. I really hope that doesn't happen. But uh, but yeah, if we're, we we can fight yeah. Lenardi. Um, and I'm gonna go brass knuckles because I don't want to break my little I, knuckles. I don't want to do that. Joe Lenardi seems too nice for that though. Like, like he really, I don't know, man. I mean, maybe like, so if we're talking about bracketologists, I could fight. I mean, Jerry Palm, I could fight Jerry Palm. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be down with that. He's a little, he's a little smug, you know, Joe Lenardi's just like, he's just smiling. He's this happy Italian guy. Like he is just, you know, he's, he's kind of a fun guy. You know, and and I think he takes like, by the way, just as a side note, I think he takes the bracket about as seriously his bracket predictions about as seriously as they should be taken, which is not that seriously. Like he is trying to do a good job, but also like he recognizes that the whole point is to have fun. So so I love that. I'm just like, honestly, I'm just excited that we're in that conversation already, that we're even on that radar already that like we're 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 in that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah, just I mean, us. I'm not even like I'm not even mad that we're the first one of his first ones out. Like I'm like, I'm like that's fantastic. Like we're already on that radar. That is awesome. So I I I have I have the opposite viewpoint that I am. I, yes, it sucks that it's Syracuse and whatever. Like Syracuse gets the benefit of the doubt and you know screw Syracuse and all that stuff. But but like how cool is this, right? I mean, we keep saying that, but you know, super super cool that. Um, you know, this keeps happening. So next question. So I'm really looking at the second question. We'll keep basketball because we already answered the first one. This is from Keith at in my car two, four, seven. Do you expect a full Martin stadium in the fall? We already talked about that last week. Yes, we do. Yes. Both of us were a a yes on that. Um, So if you want to, if you want to hear us talk more about that, just listen to last week or last episode. Um, So the other one is which WSU assistant, basketball coach would you expect to get plucked for a coaching job after a successful season this year uh so my my so the guy who really deserves is jim shaw 
Um, so that's the, that's, that's the number one assistant. Um, I I think his, I think he got a new title, right? Like associate head coach or something like that. Yeah. He's associate head coach. Um, he's a guy who long, long, you know, long time, uh, assistant and then ran his own division two program down in Oregon at his, I think it's Western Oregon. Right. Um, which was his alma mater yeah. and was wildly successful there. The dude can flat coach. And, you know, we hear things, uh, you know, just, just about the, the stuff that he does and the influence he has on the program. Um, the dude is just a really incredible coach. And so I, I, you know, I would love it, love it. If he got a chance to run his own, you know, division one program. Um, I think he deserves it. I think he would be awesome. And, and so that, that is my, that's, that's my vote because I don't, I don't know that either of the other two guys, either Andershek or Phelps, um, I just don't see either one of them being, you know, super hot commodity after a really successful season. Um, and not that both of them aren't awesome. I think both of them are awesome. Uh, but you know, I'm just not sure that, you know, I, I guess I would say this, like, you know, with what Kyle Smith has done the first two years, his name still isn't really being bandied about for jobs. So if his name isn't being bandied about for right. jobs, then assistance, probably not either. You know, if people are like, Oh, we really want some of that WSU juice. Well, they're probably going to come for Kyle Smith first. Right. So I, I don't, I don't know yeah. that. Um, I don't know that there's, you know, either Phelps or Andershack. I just think Shaw, you know, is such an experienced coach with a long, long track record. Um, I think that's a guy who could, who could end up, you know, sliding out and, and uh, taking over a, taking over a division one program. And I think he'd, I think he'd do amazing. Like I think, uh, I think that'd be super awesome for him. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I I agree with you. Uh, I I was going to say the same point where if we have a successful season, it's not going to be the assistants that people are looking at. Like yep. it's not not going to be who they're looking at. They're going to be looking at Kyle Smith. Um, uh, and and yeah. So, but yeah, I my my vote was also going to be Jim Shaw as well. Cause, uh, cause the experience, uh, we know that, um, Andershek has showed up on, um, kind of like top young coaches, um, lists and stuff like that. So I, I think he's on the radar yeah. for people. Um, but, uh, he's only been, he has three years now of, uh, assistant, like full-time assistant coach experience. Um, so I, you know, uh, he's we know he's yep. talented and works his butt off and and is kind of has unique skills that a lot of coaches don't have um so i fully expect him to inevitably uh be a head coach but maybe not after next yeah. season right so maybe um, i mean maybe someone uh, like gets wants to go way outside the box with him cuz he's he's developing quite the reputation as a recruiter right particularly with the international guys um you know, mm-hmm. analytic minded dude, you know, so I don't know, maybe some, you know, maybe, you know, he's from back East. So maybe some school in the Patriot league or the, or the Mac, the Mac, you know, or something like that, or the MEAC decides, you know, Hey, we, we want to, you know, we want to go way outside the box and hire, you know, this young guy who has, you know, unique ways of, you know, analyzing the game and recruiting. And um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe somebody does, but it would take, I don't know, man, it would take a pretty, a pretty bold AD who really has nothing to lose 
to to and and maybe someone who is you know connected to Kyle Smith in some way. Uh, I I don't know, man. I, maybe that connection is out there, but um, I don't know. I'd have a hard time. I'd have a hard time seeing that. But if it did, we'd be we'd be we'd be yeah. the first ones to celebrate. So. Or, or maybe maybe Columbia sours on Jim maybe. Angles and uh, they want to bring they want to bring John maybe. home. I don't maybe. know. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. No, just they're all gonna stay Forever. and it's gonna be great. No one's gonna Forever. leave. Forever. Yeah. Forever. Forever. They all yep. love it. They all love yep. it here forever. Everyone wants to be in Pullman for um, the rest of their life. Yeah. Everyone wants to be an assistant yeah. coach in Pullman for yeah. the rest of their life. That's what All I right. Um, but but again, I, I think the overall arching yes. point here is that if we have a good season yes. this year, it's going to be yes. Kyle that people are going after, not yes. any of the other. So related so, question, by the way, um, from at WCBrady27. Can we, will we just roll the Ernie money into keeping Smith around in the future? Basically <laughs> double his salary after his crazy talent turnaround the last couple of years. Um, I mean, I like the way you think. I, I like, I like that. I like that train of thought, you know, um, like, Hey, that, that's like, that's like when you're at a business, like, like your department has a budget. Yeah. And if you don't spend the budget, like that year, you're, you're afraid that they're going to cut your budget the next year. Right. So you just spend the money regardless of what it is because <laughs> you want the same amount. So yeah. I see what you're saying, Kyle Smith for president at WSU Brady 27. By the way, congrats on getting married, dude. Um, so I, I see what you're saying uh, about that because like that 1.4 million we're paying to Ernie comes off the books. We got to spend it again or then take it away. We got to keep, keep spending it. So spend it on Kyle. Um, but, but seriously, before the uh, pandemic, it'd be like, hell yeah, give, give him, give him that cash. I definitely think he's going to get that. You're going to see him if, if WC has success this year, he's definitely yes. going to get a raise. Yes. Like I, there's yes. no doubt in I my agree. mind and they'll probably have to give I him agree. a raise. Um, yeah. As I think he'll be, but I think it'll be more up to like the 1.8 to yeah. two. I think you'll see more than like the 2.8. Some of it goes, <laughs> some of it goes Kyle's direction. And then some of it goes towards this little, you know, pesky debt service and all that stuff. So I, I think that's probably how yeah. it goes. But hopefully, you know, hopefully we can, um, you know, the expectation around the season and the hope that we could have these full arenas again, because we're seeing that in NBA playoffs and stuff. So I, I don't, you know, unless this thing comes back in a new and, and terrifying fashion, like, but that, like, if we have the full arenas, they'll be making more revenue from the basketball program again, just from this expectation. I, I think they're probably, they're probably going to sell more tickets um so you know hopefully we we have that going so there's there's justification um you know to to give a raise and, and keep him around um yep. so but yeah i i like your idea of hey we were already paid basically 2.8 million dollars for the basketball coach yep. position let's just yeah. keep doing that we'll just keep rolling it i'm sure you know the, the one person that loves that idea more than anybody is Kyle Smith. Like he would absolutely appreciate <laughs> he'd be okay that. With that. Um, I, yeah, I think he'd be okay with that. Yeah. But yeah. Good question. Um, 
Um, uh, let's see. Uh, let's just go right to the next one from WSU Brady. Ask another one. Uh, this is the hardest yeah. one. Um, popular idea for athletics to raise revenue is officially licensed products. Example, an officially licensed beer. I don't think any uh, athletic program has done an officially licensed beer, but that could be something. But what what would or should the name of the officially licensed WSU beer be? Okay, so I, I've given this a little bit of thought. I have a follow-up question. Who should make yeah. the beer? Who should well, make that's, the Well, that's, I mean, that's got to be like. I mean, Paradise I say, Creek, it's be I guess, Paradise but they Creek, don't right? have. Like, I think, but Paradise Creek doesn't have like I think. It would yeah, have I was to be gonna like say no it also could be like no lie. The production yep, capacity. Yep. They got to be able to make enough of it to uh, to get us excited about it. And and no lie is of so, course run by a bunch yeah. of kooks, so that part's great. Um, yep. Let's see. I so okay. So my first thought is that it, we need to talk about the kind of beer, right? So so let's start yeah. with style. So the style to me has to be a, a drinkable tailgate beer, right? So we're, we're talking a lager, a Pilsner, something like that, right? You're with me on that. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So lager or Pilsner. But I will say lagers take longer to make and I cost more money to make because they take longer. Did not know that. Um, uh, yeah, they take a couple weeks longer to ferment. Uh, so they are, they do cost a little more money. They require fermenting at cold temperatures. Ah. So uh, you can't just ferment them at room okay. temperatures. Um, so that's why, that's why it's taken a while for craft breweries to really get on the lager train because they are, you don't see a lot of brand new craft breweries uh, do lagers because they're just expensive. And, uh, but yeah, I, I think ideally, yes, it would be a lager because so you can down it. But if not, I think they probably would do like a pale yes. ale. Uh, hoppy beers are very popular now. And, and like, but you don't want to go a full right. IPA because you don't want to have it to be like yeah. 7%, maybe like a, a nice 5% yep. pale ale. I, like what, what you often see is uh, kind of WSU breweries where like they're trying to um uh make a wsu beer it's always a crimson something and then it's a red beer which like no no one wants like hardly anyone wants a red ale well even if you did you did you don't um, want to drink three or four or five of those at a tailgate like that's that's just like drinking syrup for a couple of hours so a red ale like a five percent. I'm just talking like the just, the, pale just the sweetness. It's just the and, color. You know, they tend to have the more caramely oh. flavor profile, and maybe that's just me because eh, I'm not. Enough. I'm yeah. not into like the the sweet flavor profiles. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Like, I guess everyone wants to put yep. crimson. I saw Hend- at Hendu Machu said crimson despair. That's pretty cynical, <laughs> my man. Um, coming from a very yeah. cynical person. I don't think that no. would sell that well. Uh, I think like if it's officially licensed, then you can use Wazoo. You can you use could. Butch. You can, like, you can actually use... You don't have to... It doesn't have to be like a wink, right. wink, nudge right. name. So I would right. want that in there. Like I, I, I would just like it would just be like like um 
Like it'd be cool if like during fresh hop season we had a wazoo wet hop. Like I, I definitely think wazoo should yes. be in the name. Yes. Somewhere. Yep. Like it, that that would be that would be great. I'm trying to think of a beer style that starts with a W. <laughs> wit beer. It's failing me, but um. <laughs> Wait, maybe a Wazoo Wild Ale. Like, Wazoo Whip like, Beer. beer. Wazoo Whip Beer. There yeah, that'd be cool. Was, actually, a Whip Beer probably yeah. would be a pretty good style because it's light yeah, and yeah. a lot of people drink it because a lot yeah. of people drink Blue Moon. It's like, hey, you like the yeah, Blue Moon? Yeah. Have a Whip Beer. Um, also, a style that could use a bit of a renaissance. You know, I liked my Allagash Wits back yeah. when I lived in the yeah. Northeast. I would love if we said a little wit. Yeah, let's say, you know, a Wazoo Wit. Um, you know, you could do... Uh, I don't know what else could you reference. Oh. I, I, so you know, like maybe like prominent landmarks, you know, around campus could be ways to do it. Um, like you could have. Like, wait, wait. You could have. You could have, have, you could like have a, the, the French ad saison. <laughs> yeah, or the the big blue heart. <laughs> uh blueberry wild ale or something oh we need to rebrand the blueberry pucker that that they that paradise creek does the huckleberry the huckleberry pucker, pucker. Huckleberry yeah but it's pucker. like you know the the blue heart i don't know blue huckle eh, whatever. But, but the blue heart would actually just be like one of those beers that just has a bunch of shit in it <laughs> it's like random like it'd be like blueberries but it would have like graham crackers and vanilla yeah. and and, we would need and great like notion human, to that for us. Like that, that's where we would contract that yes, out to great notion. Yeah, that would notion. be a great notion. <laughs> Which they did. They did. Uh, uh, they did uh, an apple cut beer, and they had uh, a dog versus. I can't remember what it was called. It was called like goat local sports or something. It was yeah, yeah. called like sports. sports. Maybe it was just called sports. Um, sports. And then the E nine does E nine does puppies versus kittens yeah. every year. Um, and they, the, the label is like split a uh, crimson and gray and a purple and gold, um, size side. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I'm having trouble coming up with an exact name. I, I, I will say I would like there to be like wazoo yeah. in there or like butch's brew shit. Like that would be kind of boring. Yeah. But, um, but it, I mean, it'd be all right. Yeah. Cause I guess I'm just trying to think like, what's like a great, like, I don't know, like, um, like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, you could have Palouse, like, Palouse Sunrise, and just have it be like a, you know, yeah. have the can art around the um, like Crimson Game, I mean, the College Game Day, um, and all that, the flag on it. It'd be really cool to drink a beer that had the actual Cougar logo it would. on the front of that it. Would that would sell pretty, pretty well, cool. I think. I'm very down. Yeah, I'm I'm very down for this. But I mean, if it's officially licensed, well, it's definitely gonna be from officially like Coors or something. Wines. So this can't be like that out there, right? It's true. They have that Cougar wine. It's literally just yeah. the WSU logo. And no. it doesn't even have and a name. And they just number it by vint- uh, by vintage, you know. It'd be funny if it was just like, you know, like they had like yeah. beer beer back in the day. So instead of like beer beer, it's just, yeah, it's just, just put the coog head on and it. Like and it's just it. the logo <laughs> on the, the beer. <laughs> like it's probably Bush yeah. Light inside. But it's just the, like, what if they just sold Bush Light? 
with that would be like that would be it funny. was it was a, you, you bought a 30 bomber bush light and you opened it and it was just <laughs> just a coog logo on the beer yeah yeah or 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 uh or maybe um the coog brings back their horrifically bad yeah. coog lager which they tormented <laughs> us with uh and they can that um it's bad when you have a bunch of college kids who'll drink anything who are like, this beer is bad. This is not good. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I Now I'm leaning towards no name of the beer, just the Coog logo on the beer. And it's just like the Coog beer. Everyone just calls it the Coog beer. Like 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 when yep. they had beer beer or animal beer, hams. My dad always called hams like animal yeah. beer. Um, so I like that. That's what I, that's my that's my final decision. Just the logo, and it has no name, and we just all, all right. call it the Coog beer that works. or the Wazoo beer. Whatever we want. Uh, let's see. Okay, uh, let's do last one. At Totes McStos, uh, talk about the Thorns, Rain, and Timbers Sounders doubleheader in August. I want to go. Should be an amazing environment. Well, guess who's going? You, and me. We are. <laughs> As Sounder season ticket holders, we're going to that game. Uh, I think uh, at Totes McStos. And my, and, 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 well, hold on. Let me put my rain season ticket holder <laughs> hat on for a second. That's uh, bullshit. bullshit. We have to buy tickets for that game? I had tickets Come for on. that game in Cheney. Now, yeah, now let me put my Sounders season ticket holder hat it's on. fucking right, awesome. Dude, I got I to go to both games. I got to go to both games with just my one ticket. All right, man. <laughs> I think your Sounders hat's going to win out. Put my rain hat back on. What? I don't I don't get unlimited <laughs> beer with my ticket that I get at the rain match. Yeah. Uh, seriously, oh, it's going to be an awesome day. That's going to be so, so, so much fun. Uh, yeah. I think uh, at Totes McStose, uh, I believe, is a, is a Portland fan. So good luck with that, buddy. I hope you sit in the top row. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Stay, stay home. Stay home. But no, like, if if you go, let's meet up and have a beer. Flat, flat stick pub. Classic pub. <laughs> we'll meet up. We'll have a beer, and and we promise not to be too mean. I've seen Timbers fans yeah. in there before. It's not, it's not like going to Fuel or something. You're not going to get beat up or anything. So, flat stick's a nice place. Except by <laughs> me. Um. Yeah, no, it's yeah. going to be awesome. So for people who don't know, have any idea what we're talking about, uh, the NWSL teams of uh, the greater Seattle area and Portland are playing a game at Lumen Field. Uh, and then right after that, the Sounders and the Portland Timbers are going to play a game at Lumen Field. Um, it's going to be an epic doubleheader. And your one Sounders ticket gets you into both games. So we are we are fairly excited for, for going to those games. Uh, me in particular... You know, as as someone who is not a rain season ticket holder like you are, um, I'm I'm super stoked to to get to watch them in in a uh, not not just like watch them, but like watch them in a what will be a I I assume a pretty electric environment. Um, and then we'll get to see Morgan Weaver, and we'll get to yell go oh, yeah. Cougs, and then just boo the shit out of her. So it'll be great. Hey, and Ella Ella Diedrich, who's the like third string keeper yes. on the rain, so who totally will not Whatever. play, but. Um, we can yell go cougs at her too yeah yes um but yeah so we had one more question um on the defensive transfers and the possibility of a good defensive backfield um 
Maybe. Obviously, you got Jalen Watson that helps, like, lock down one side. I think that helped a lot last year, um, just having one guy kind of lock down the side. Uh, I, you know, I, I think there is a possibility that the backfield is, like, uh, if I'm looking at any of the levels of the defense, I feel probably the best about the backfield, uh, defensive backfield. So, uh, yeah. possibility. Um, the transfers, yeah, they give you some depth. They give you some talent i i mean at this point they're piling on so many bodies that you just hope that you can cobble together five guys from all the bodies like our tyron hill or kill for dormant or you know are they or christian jackson you know they were kind of all the same level of athlete coming out of high school that the guys we already have are so maybe they're maybe they can step in um you know, maybe Alfonso. How you say his name, Alfonso? Yeah, I don't Oywak. know how to say it. But yeah, former four-star yeah. kid. Yep. Maybe he, maybe he steps up. Maybe in his sophomore year, um, you still got Hicks. You still got uh, Langford. Um, Isom. Maybe some. You know, out of out of out of Isom, out of all those kids, they can pull together four that are. You know, we we know Watson's yep. going to be there, but like the other three if they can just pull together three others i think there's a especially because watson is the anchor i think you have a chance to have a decent uh defensive back i mean obviously they were Uh, unsatisfied so they are they've added as many guys as possible so so hopefully you find like you said pile on bodies find find one find one or two i think there's a reasonable chance Um, i'm more i would say i'm sort of along your lines I'm more concerned about the defensive line than I am about the defensive backfield. They've added so many guys. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, and, and like I said, the, all the guys they've added tell me that, you know, they are just, they, they know that that area needs help, but I feel like they've added so many guys. Like, I don't know, man, to add, if, if they've added that many guys and they are still historically terrible in the backfield, that, <laughs> that would really be something that would really be something. Um, and you already you just know that the team is going to avoid like the you know the guy on the left like yeah. every time yes like, so like yep uh, so man. I think yeah, that so. I think I feel okay that they'll be able to cobble something together there I I am concerned about our uh, the interior of our defensive line and the rotation uh, at the defensive end positions um, you know I think our top two defensive ends are could be, could potentially be very very good. Um, but, but after that, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little, I mean, we saw, we saw that that was part of what happened last year was, you know, the depth was so, so rough that, um, those guys, you know, got really, really, really tired. And so I, you know, I, th- I think if, you know, maybe, maybe we could do that, but I, I'm, I'm skeptical about our depth on the defensive line and, um, I'm, I'm much more concerned about that. And I, and I think, you know, if you sit there and look at it and go, well, if that's the case, why aren't they adding defensive linemen? Well, those guys are a lot harder to find. <laughs> like, let's just be real that, you know, guys who can play defensive line are just, they, you know, you, you have a much easier time finding defensive backs than finding defensive linemen. Like that's just, that's just a reality. So I don't know, maybe they just decided, Hey, you know, we can defensive back is a place where we can improve more quickly. And so if we build it from the back to the front, I mean, most coaches would prefer to build from the front to the back, right? You start in the trenches and, you know, build that up. But, you know, maybe this coaching staff said, eh, you know, maybe we just don't really have much of an opportunity to, to, to get better up front 
in a hurry. So maybe we just try to, you know, nail down the back, uh, as quickly as possible, which makes sense given the, you know, the, the pass forward nature of the, of, of football at this point. So, um, I'm a little more worried about the line, but you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm just pessimistic about the defense in general. So, (laughs) you know, maybe, maybe they will be awesome and surprise me. So I don't know. So I, I have to point out, I, I don't think I said that it was from at Mongo Santa Maria, at, or sorry, yeah. from Mongo Santa Maria at Mongo yes. Maria. Uh, Join November 2020, longtime yes. Twitter user. Um, uh, I do enjoy the, the last retweet this uh, Twitter user person did was uh, retweeting Mina Kimes with using that, uh, that video of the family freaking out and like the mom drinking the martini and like the guy grabbing the boom box <laughs> and the little girl grabbing the gun out of like, I can't, I forget. I don't even know. I forget even what the context of that was, but it's James Harden upgraded to yeah. questionable. Which I think is it's so yeah. perfect. Uh, that was a really good was, game, by the way. If anyone watched that tonight, that was uh, Poor Bucks. Uh, a couple former Sonic. Bucks should have moved to Seattle when they had a chance. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Um, learn a mid-range jumper, Gianna, Giannis. That guy, Come on. that fucking guy. <laughs> um, uh, uh, all right. So thank you, yeah. everyone, who sent us questions. By the way, I don't know about you, but uh, I have been always, like, actually like legitimately shocked by how many questions we get. And good questions, too. Like This, this makes our life uh, a lot easier. Yeah. We, we basically talked like for... 40 minutes about the thing we were going to talk about. And then we talked about an hour for everything else. So that's pretty cool. Um, so uh, again, as always, thank uh, thank you, Randy England at Randy England music on Instagram uh, for our, uh, our, all the music you hear throughout this. Uh, you don't have to listen to me. Uh, try to sing uh, songs I made up in the 30 <laughs> seconds before the uh, show started anymore. Um I know some of the longtime listeners might miss them, and those people are crazy. Uh, so um, I am at the Craig Powers on Twitter. Jeff is at Pod VS Everyone. You should subscribe to this if you haven't. You should rate us five stars and leave a comment if you haven't done that. You should tell your yes. kook friends, "Hey, you got to start listening to this." The summer. Kook football is coming. You want to be all prepared. Um, listening to these dudes who drink beer and burp and and uh, talk about football and basketball mostly yeah. uh, all summer. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get you hyped up for football season. Yeah. Tell your friends um, that we'll probably, I don't know, we'll, pro- we'll probably have some really cool guests uh, coming up yeah. in the next month or so. So I think it'll be... Or maybe next two months. I'll say it next two months. Plus, really cool guests. So, um, yeah, it should be fun. Uh, so, um, go Cougs, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter.